Good morning, everyone. Welcome to worship here at Piedmont Community Church. As you can see, we're in a different place to worship today. We're still at the church, but we're out here in the courtyard today uh, filming this service to be with you. And so we're so happy that you're with us. Glad that you're able to join us wherever you are and wherever we happen to be as well. We're all God's people, all called to be together, especially on this Pentecost Sunday, the birthday of the church, when the Holy Spirit comes and the winds of the Spirit come upon the people to allow them to share the good news in all the languages of the world. And so here we are today in memory of that and continuing to spread the message. Let's begin now with the call to worship that you'll see printed on the wings of the wind, you loosened our tongues and good news shone like the morning sun. On the dance of the flames, you stirred our hearts and compassion flowed like a healing river. Come, Holy Spirit, come. Wing your way here and fill us with fiery love. Let's join together now in a time of prayer. Holy and loving God, Holy Son of God, Holy Spirit of God, we give you praise and thanks for calling us here today, wherever we are, to be your people, inspired by your word, led by the winds, the fresh breeze of your spirit. You promise us that you will be a flame of fire to give us passion to be your people, to do what needs to be done as followers of Jesus, to spread the word in how we live, what we say, what we do. You also come to us as a fresh breeze. You are as close to us as the very breath we breathe, each breath we take. In and out, you are that near to us. So help us now to be that near to you and be present to us. Help us to be present to you now as we enter a time of silent prayer. Amen. Let's join together now in the prayer of preparation and confession that you'll see printed on the screen. Gracious God, who moves among us in many mysterious ways, let us not be too casual about the power of your Spirit. Although you often comfort us in our affliction, we know you also afflict us in our comfort. As we celebrate the birth of your church, the Church of Jesus Christ, compel us to be open to your presence for the sake of the Church and for the sake of the world. On this Pentecost Sunday, forgive us for our displays of complacency, indifference, and resignation. Make us dreamers and visionaries, passionate in sharing your message in a way that crosses boundaries and brings about unity in a divided world. Amen. Lord, Thou hast searched me and us
Brothers and sisters, the good news of this day and of every day, every season of your life is that in Jesus Christ, God does forgive you, God accepts you, loves you, promises to be with you wherever you go. So receive that good news, that blessed assurance. Pass it on in how you live your lives and be at peace. Amen. Would you please join me in prayer? Heavenly Father, we are gathered this morning with hopeful hearts, with hearts that are turned towards you. Father, we want to glorify you in our thoughts and our words and our actions this morning and this day. So, Father, guide us and help us in those efforts. Father, we also gather as people that are in need of your forgiveness and your reinstatement. So, Father, forgive our sins. Cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And, Father, help us to live this day in a way that glorifies you. Father, we also want to lift up those that are in need this morning. Those that are in need of your, your touch, your healing touch, both emotionally and physically and spiritually. Father, for those of us that are able and we have interaction with others, help us to be your hands and your feet this day. And Father, we want to thank you for all the ways that you've provided for us in the midst of hard times, in the midst of good times. So Father, we give you glory and honor and praise this day. And now let's pray the prayer that your Son has taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen.
Our scripture lesson for today is just one verse, but it's a really important one. In fact, you could say that it was Jesus's mission statement where he explains what his ministry is about. He says in the Gospel of John, chapter 10, verse 10, he says, I have come that you might have life and have it abundantly. That you might have life and have it abundantly. I want to talk with you today about eight things to do before you die. The subtitle is How Not to Be a Zombie. As you know, we have a real zombie problem in our society. Um, zombies uh, have two characteristics. One is that they kill people, and two, they have trouble turning corners. Have you noticed that? They have a problem with corners. But um, the real problem is that zombies are not alive. They came back to earth, but not to life. They're dead people walking around the earth. And if you look around your neighborhood, your workplace, you'll see that we do have a zombie problem in our society. Remember that prayer they taught you when you were a little kid that said, uh, now I lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to keep. If I should die before I wake, I pray the Lord my soul to take. When you think of it, that's kind of sick. No wonder the kid doesn't want to go to sleep. Pray the Lord my soul to take. But there's something that would be worse than dying before you wake. And that is if you died before you lived. If you died before you really lived. And so I'd like us to consider some things that we might do before we die. This is my list, not yours. Yours list will be different. But in saying some of the things that are on mine, it might spark some thinking that, of yours of things that would be on your list. First thing on my list is to have more fun than anyone else. One of the things that we forget is to enjoy the little things in life and to just have fun. Ron Jones uh, wrote in one of his books about a plane trip that he took one time uh, that was way more fun than normal. It, he was going from San Francisco to Los Angeles, and they had pre-boarded on the plane uh, some kids who were going to the Special Olympics down in L.A. Special Olympics kids. And they were all there, and he said that as each person got on the plane, dragging their suitcase, they received applause from the kids. They were all there. They had yellow hats on. And, um, they, uh, and he, he said, I sat down next to one of the kids, and I said, well... So what are you going to do at the games? And he said with a big smile, we're going to kill him. Never seen someone smile that big and talk of death. He wrote this. He said, then when the flight attendants made their announcement, blah, 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 in the event of the sudden loss of cabin pressure, the oxygen mask will fall down, all the yellow hats looked up. And then uh, in the event of an emergency landing, your seat cushion is removable. They looked under the seat cushion. And then when the plane took off, they all cheered. Even some of the businessmen were cheering now. And then every yellow cap was focused on the drink cart as it was pushed to the front row. When a Coke was opened and given to one of the kids, the kid next to me jumped up and said, free Coke. He said it was the funnest plane ride I've ever had in my entire life. So the first thing on my list is to have more fun than anyone else. The second thing is to get some 
insight into who I am as a person. Socrates said that the main thing in life is to know thyself. Knowing myself is kind of hard. Um, and it's, have you ever heard someone described as clueless? A person who's clueless has no insight into who they are. And, um, you know, when someone is a clueless jerk, that's really bad. That's insufferable. Jerks are okay. You can handle them if they know they're jerks. But clueless jerks are really hard to handle. And so I want to begin to try to understand who I am, who God created me to be, what I'm like. Therapy is one of the great ways that people get to know themselves. Also through reading, keeping a journal, talking with friends, being a member of a small group or a support group. I recommend getting to know your shadow, the part of yourself that isn't too attractive. You can learn a lot from your shadow. Third thing on my list is to make myself as interesting as possible. It's a mistaken idea that some people, like movie stars or celebrities, are just born interesting and other people are just born regular. Uh, no one is born interesting. I remember when my first daughter was born, Mackenzie, she was the most beautiful baby in the world, but for the first month or so, she was pretty boring. She didn't have uh, any experiences in her life that would enable her to develop a personality yet. Didn't take long, but uh, it's the experiences of our life which make us unboring and develop our personalities. How do you do that? Well, cultivate a diverse group of friends. Find people that are really different from you to be a part of your life. Educate yourself, not through schooling, but through reading or music or travel or movies. Be a lifelong learner. And then take sides. Don't be in the middle. Take a stand. The fourth thing on my list is to learn to be honest about who I am. I'd like to be more honest with other people, taking the chance to risk to reveal myself. There's a uh, songwriter named Christine Lavin, and she wrote a song about her experience dating. It's called, It's a Good Thing He Can't Read My Mind. I'll read you one of the verses. I am eating sushi when I do not like sushi, but he loves sushi and I love him. I'm poking with a chopstick at a living, breathing fish stick. Oh my God, I think it's trying to swim. Some say eating sushi is like chewing on your own cheek or sucking down a bucket full of tentacled slime. I do not like sushi, but look, I'm eating sushi. It's a good thing he can't read my mind. How would you rate that relationship in terms of honesty? How long would you give that relationship if they continued to fail to be honest with each other. And then the fifth thing I'd like to do before I die is to learn to accept other people as they are and stop trying to change them. This has been a hard one for me because I tend to think that other people should be as I think that they should be, that I'm right. Carl Jung had an interesting theory about this personality types he said that when people look for friends, they often look for people with similar personality types to themselves. But when people look 
for mates or partners, they often are attracted to people who are very different from them, who are complementary, who have this half of the circle and that half of the circle, and then they make a whole together. And so they seek out these people that are very different, they get married to them, and spend the rest of their life trying to change them to be more like them. It's called the Pygmalion Project. You know, remember, why can't a woman be more like a man? And this desire to change other people to be more like us is often futile. And it creates much conflict and harm to relationships. We need to learn to allow others to be as they are. And then finally, number six, seven, and eight, is I want to have three different relationships in my life. Three different types, key relationships. One is a taker relationship, where I get way more than I give. I've been blessed to have this in my life. I have a mentor and a friend who's older than me and has given me over the years so much wisdom and advice and encouragement, so much that I could, I could never give back to that person enough. It's a taker relationship. And then we all need to have giver-taker relationships where it's reciprocal, where we give and take the same. These are the relationships in which true intimacy is possible. And then I want to have a giver relationship where there's someone that I give to and I don't get much back from, but it's okay. My purpose in life is to give to that person to help them in any way that I can. When you have all three of those key relationships, it helps you go through the ups and downs of life. It helps you make your path in your journey. Oh, and the last one, the extra point, is before I die, I want to get to know God. I want to know God really well. I want to feel close to God. God is where I came from. God is where I'm going when I die. And I want God to be a close friend when that day comes. That is something that I very much want in my life. C.S. Lewis said, aim for heaven and you get earth thrown in too, but aim for earth and you miss both. Nothing in our life lasts except our relationship with God and those that we love. Albert Einstein is quoted as saying, I want to know the mind of God. Everything else is just details. I want to hear God say someday, McNabb, well done. You lived a heck of a life. You got the most out of those years that I gave you. And you took Jesus up on the promise of an abundant life. Amen. pomp and circumstance serenades you down the aisle. Take a moment to contemplate how you arrived. Remember the help your parents gave 
and the sacrifices they made. Spare a thought of gratitude for the teachers who were willing to explain things one more time. Be thankful for the friendships you've made, the life lessons you've learned, and all the experiences you've had, the good as well as the bad. They've shaped who you are today. Realize you're not just heading toward your high school graduation, you're stepping into your future. This is the day you've been preparing for since the day you first walked through that classroom door. Now it's time to say goodbye and spread your wings. You're ready to fly. Dare to jump into your future with enthusiasm. Dare to place no limits on what you hope to accomplish. Dare to dream big and realize it's not just a cliche. Dare to bring excellence to everything you do. Dare to love and serve others. Dare to succeed beyond your wildest expectations. Dare to trust God and your faith and the experiences you've had with Him as a measure of His faithfulness going forward. Excited and scared, hesitant but competent, committed, filled with hope, filled with excitement. There is no pandemic that could change your course. In Jesus' name, amen.